0: Hey, happy almost weekend. Thanks for kicking it off here at the Speaking For Him podcast. With a new edition, I'm Adam McNutt, alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gomison.
1: Hello, Adam. This is Andrew, and we are continuing on in our series um, of why Jesus came. We've talked about some really interesting aspects of that, and today we're going to talk about the fact that he came in his Father's name. Now, before Adam reads our quote of the day, I just want to say that this was kind of a challenging podcast to put together because I thought when I originally came up with this as one of the things I wanted to talk about that this phraseology was used in, in multiple verses. I found out upon my research that it's only used in that way once. Oh. And that once is our quote of the day. So, Adam...
0: Which comes from John five forty three. I have come in my Father's name and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, you will receive him.
1: And that is so true when we think about today. You know, a lot of times people will hitch their wagon to a celebrity or um, or someone uh, or a self-help guru or someone who, who is well-known in a certain field. But the minute you start talking about, well, Jesus says this, or the Bible says this, then people don't want to give you any time of day. And it's because the world hates Jesus. Jesus said as much. He said, the world will hate you because they hated me first. And he's saying in this passage to the Pharisees, hey, I come in my Father's name to show you the Father, essentially is what he's saying, and you don't listen to me. But these same people who, who were saying that said, well, well we're Moses' disciples. Or, or they were talking about being, being um, descendants of Abraham. And the fact of the matter is that even those people in their writings in the Old Testament foresaw the coming of a Savior. And when, when you read about Jesus talking to the people on the road to Emmaus in the book of Acts, it says that he told them everything concerning himself, starting with Moses. So even Moses, in his own way, testified of Jesus. So uh, I want to keep that in mind as a backdrop to our discussion. So Adam, what, do you, what are your thoughts on this first verse and how it relates to today's culture?
0: Um, I think it's interesting because what comes to mind for me is a lot of people try and figure out... A relationship with god on their own and they try and find different ways to either connect with him or you see people kind of go off the beaten path and i honestly think that's why some people have went on to different paths and kind of strained from the way because there is only one way to the father and that's jesus
1: mm-hmm. um so this is what we will be talking about today so we'll be talking about this idea phrased in a little different ways as i said and the the, the the first thing I want to, the, the second thing, I guess, because we kind of made a discussion out of the court of the day. But the, the first thing on our list here is that his father gave him all things.
0: And from Matthew 11, all things are delivered unto me of my father. And no man knoweth the son but the father. Neither knoweth any man the father save the son and he to whomsoever the son will reveal him.
1: So Jesus came in his father's name to reveal his father to us. We as finite humans could not understand an infinite God. So an infinite God took on the body of finite humanity and showed us what God, a picture of who God was. The Bible says that Jesus is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He's a hundred percent man and a hundred percent God. He's the only person to have achieved this, and the Bible tells us that he will have his body for all eternity because one day we're going to look on the one that we have pierced. So I think it's very significant that Jesus um, reveals um, the Father to us through his teachings and through his actions and it's just very exciting that we can partake of that um especially as it wasn't too long ago that we had the Easter holiday and and we can all rejoice in the risen Christ um as we move forward and and realize that we live in his power as as um Jesus revealed um our need for his father. So, the second thing I want to mention is he will give to us as his father gave to him.
0: And I appoint unto you a kingdom as my father hath appointed unto me.
1: And that's Luke 22:29. Um and the previous uh verse if we didn't mention it is Matthew 11:27. We may have, but I just want to cover all my bases. And uh, so in this passage, um, it basically is talking about the fact that God gave Jesus rule over all the world. Um, And it, it kind of puts things in perspective when you think about the temptation of Christ, because the devil tried to tell Christ, you know, if you fall down and worship me, I'll give you all the all the lands of the world, earth. And ostensibly, there might have been a human level of temptation to that because he, he in a way he wouldn't have had to go to the cross to receive the place of glory that he later received or be restored, I should say, to the place of glory that he was at because he said in John chapter 17, restore to me the glory that was mine before the world was. So there was a sense of glory that he had and a oneness between him and the Father that he shared before time that he voluntarily gave up to step into time and and be our Savior. And as, as his Father has given him rule and will one day give him ultimate rule over the earth, he will give us rule. The Bible says that we will be priests and kings to our God and we will reign with him. And that's the promise for every believer. And I'm looking forward to that. Um and Adam, so as you think about these first two, his father gave him everything, all things, and he will give to us as his father has given to him uh what What are you thinking as far as these things go as as you hear these verses? uh, I think it's cool
0: how God the Father, of course, sent his son. And then it's saying, especially in the second verse, that what my fathers gave to me, he will also give to you. I take that as like an invite, like Jesus did the work of his father here on earth, and then he's also calling us to do the work of what Jesus wants us to continue to spread. And then we're reassured with the first verse that all things come from God the Father, because that can be awesome, but kind of like overwhelming when you think about like, well, how am I supposed to do this job you gave me and, and and preach it to the nations, but being reminded that God the Father will guide us and give us what we need. It's cool that... God loves us so much he'd even invite us to be a part of that good work and, and bringing the kingdom to others.
1: And then our next one is he does nothing of himself.
0: Then Jesus said unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. It's John eight twenty eight.
1: And there's another verse that says, I have come not to do mine own will but the will of him who sent me. Hmm. So Jesus always had a different agenda than simply glorifying himself. Remember, he was the one that would show us the father. Um, and uh, he, he, his father testified of him, and they worked hand in hand uh, to, to show forth the glories of God. As I said, God in human flesh gave us a way to relate to him in a way that we wouldn't have been able to otherwise, it would it would be I've heard as I've heard of the story told um, of a uh, of it would be like if you wanted to um, relate to an ant. In order to truly relate to an ant, you'd have to become an ant, mm. and that's kind of what Jesus did. It's kind of it's a weak analogy because. We're talking about the, the, very, the very Son of God choosing to abide with sinful men. But just to get that picture in your head of our, you know, the psalmist said, What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visits him? And yet, we're valuable enough that he did visit us on that first Christmas night when he became a baby. And then he lived for 33 years a perfect life. And he trained followers to, to follow and serve God. And then he left after he died, was buried, and rose again. And he did all that for us. And even now, he's interceding for us. The Bible says that he prays for us. And that he prays for us with, in, with groanings that can't be expressed. So these are very important things. And then finally, as we wrap up this episode... He is the way to the Father.
0: Jesus said unto him, saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me.
1: Now, a lot of people will say, Well, I can, I can come to Jesus with my good works. Um, I can come to God if I uh, believe any certain thing sincerely. Then I can come to God but the bible clearly says no man can come to the father except through me and that me is jesus and that's the jesus that we hear at the speaking for him podcast refer to as the him jesus is the him that we speak for and uh, i take that very seriously whenever i come into the studio to share with you guys um that i'm that i'm speaking for him and i know that that carries a great weight of responsibility and, and I encourage you to study the word, be a Berean. Paul commended the Bereans in acts because they didn't just believe everything he said to them. They searched the scriptures and they said, is the, is what he is saying true? And they found out that he, that what he was saying was true and they believed it and they, they were saved. Um, and, but be like the Bereans, search the scriptures, Find out if the things that I'm saying are true, and then when you find them to be true, because I believe you will, then you can embrace having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, Adam, do you have any final thoughts as we wrap up this episode?
0: Uh, I mean, I, all I can say that is, is really amen. You know, he he is the only way, and... I mean, we know us in our lives whenever we try and find comfort or help in other things, we veer off and things just kind of you know go all over the place. So just be reminded that that he is the way and, and is the only way to our father
1: i I think you made a very key point, and i 'll close with this, and that is when there is no order there's chaos there's only two choices: <laughs> order or chaos and so in order to have order, we need to have a structure. In order to have a a well structured society, we have to have a moral code. This country was founded on the idea that we as men and women uh, would have the personal responsibility to do what was right, not simply whatever we want. And as we choose to let that moral fiber erode, then that's where all you know layers upon layers of laws come in. A lot of times is because someone has failed to do the responsible thing, so then the natural inclination is for the government to legislate um, things one way or the other. A lot of times the, the left will say of the right, why are you legislating morality? But every legislation is a form of morality. And so as we think about that, Um, We need to realize that if we want to get away from the chaos, we need to find our moral compass. And that moral compass is Jesus Christ. He is a definitive standard. Um, Our laws and our foundation for this country was a Judeo-Christian one. I know a lot of people don't like to hear that. But if you go to the Supreme Court and you go to other court buildings, Um, You will often find Moses there with the Ten Commandments. And I know people want to eradicate that, but that's the facts of our history. And if we want to live in a way that has order and that, that we have harmony with one another, then a moral standard provided by God himself is the best way. God said, "Let everything be done decently and in order." And my prayer for you is that you will choose Jesus, and that you will test Him. The Bible, the Bible says, "Taste and see that the Lord is good." Uh, give it a try. You know, I don't say that flippantly. Um, in a, in a in a couple to a few weeks, I don't know exactly when it's going to post. But Adam and I are going to review a movie called The Case for Christ. And in that movie, um, Lee Strobel, um, it tells the story of a guy who was an atheist who did not believe in God. I think probably because of the rough relationship with his father in part because he didn't have a good relationship with his dad for a while. And so a lot of times our relationship with our father impacts the way we view God but as he tried to as he tried to prove God wrong he met the God of the Bible and it changed him greatly so look for that in the next couple of weeks but remember if we trust God and we and we put our faith in Jesus Christ big things can happen also remember that as i've been trying to say specifically this year the speaking for him podcast is not two guys who have it all together <laughs> It's two guys who know that they don't, but they know who does, and that's Jesus Christ. Well, that's all I have for you this week. I hope that you have a wonderful weekend, and as always, I hope that you keep serving the best of masters.